Welcome to the Skirted Professional Podcast, a place where women of all different walks of life come together to share their journeys and wisdom they've learned along the way. We're so excited that you're part of this community. We hope you always leave this space feeling encouraged, inspired, and a little less alone. The Skirted Professional is brought to you by Sea Saucy, a medical apparel company that specializes in modern scrub skirt sets for the working woman. Their goal is to give every woman the option to wear a skirt in their workplace without compromising the comfort, style, or functionality of their scrubs. You can check them out at seasaucy.com. That's C-S-A-U-C-Y.com. All right, without further ado, let's get to today's episode. Hi, Chevy. Welcome to the Skirted Professional Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. We're so excited to speak with you today and hear all about your story and your journey. And for our listeners here, I want to introduce Chevy just a little bit. Her and I connected through Sea Saucy, and we're going to hear a lot more about her story. But Chevy is the president of the Orthodox Jewish Nurses Association. And she reached out to me not too long ago um, about participating in a a nurses conference that they had coming up. And we went and got to meet her and all of her friends and their whole organization. We got to be a part of their meetings and it was a really special time. So she's got an incredible story and Chevy, we're just excited to have you here. Thank you. So let's. It's such a pleasure meeting you in the fall. Yeah, it was so much fun. I can't wait to hear about the. Uh, beginning stages of creating that organization and how you got into it. But before we get there, let's just start with a background on who you are, kind of what roles you're playing right now, some of your background story. So I'm from New York, New York City. I'm one of nine children. Wow. Um, We're all very educated with college degrees. Everyone has a master's and beyond. Uh, My parents really value education. Okay. I went to nursing school at Columbia University, that's in New York City, Um, and then I became a nurse, and I've been working at New York Presbyterian Hospital for almost 15 years now. Wow, and what area do you work in? So I've always done pediatrics. I did uh, the pediatric GI transplant and med surge floor for about five years. Then I was doing my master's in nursing education, so I went part-time for a year in the pediatric infusion center just so I had time to do clinical work and hours. Um, and then right after that, I transferred over to the neonatal ICU, which I'm still at right now for more than nine years. Very cool. So what's been your favorite um, position that you've held throughout, throughout your journey? I, I loved and still love like bedside work, even though I have my master's. I still really love patient care, which is why I haven't fully moved on yeah. from there yet. Um, I love the GI transplant floor. We had difficult kids. We also had surgical kids. I really learned a lot. At the infusion center, I became amazing at IVs. So now I'm like, that's a great skill for the NICU. Um, And now in the NICU, I personally, I love the sicker babies. Um, I love to learn. And I just love being involved and seeing the changes that the babies go through. That's awesome. Well, I'm sure your patients are very blessed to have you. And if anyone knows anything about pediatric or neonatal care, it's you're you're taking care of the family. It's not just that baby most of the time. Absolutely. It's it's dealing with the parents and making them comfortable and educating them. So how has your master's degree in education 
um, tied into bedside manner? Are you planning to uh, branch off and teach maybe, or what are your dreams with that? So I do teach now. I start in the fall. I teach uh, nursing students in their bachelor's program. So I teach them their OB clinicals. I'm their instructor once a week at a New Jersey hospital. So I do that now on Wednesdays. And then I work two shifts a week in the hospital in the NICU. I'm also a charge nurse. Wow. So, um, and I've always been on all my units. So I use leadership skills in that sense. Yeah. And as far as education, I still unit, uh, I still use it throughout the units because I precept new nurses. Um, I'm involved in unit initiatives, rolling out education. I'm on committees. Wherever I go, I just like to help make improvements and help share the knowledge and, you know, no one should be drowning because they can't find the information that they need. So true. That's awesome. So apart from your educational journey, what does life look like for you? Are you married? Do you have children? Kind of what outside of your career, what, what is Chevy's uh, roles? (laughs) I'm a mom. I have four children. I'm a wife. Uh, My husband's an attorney. He works in the New York city firm. Wow. Uh, Life is busy. The kids go to private school. Um, But luckily now I'm on day shift. I switched to day shift right at the beginning of COVID. I worked nights for many years and that worked at the time. My children were little and the system worked. Um, And then before COVID, a couple months before, I really started not feeling well. I was getting headaches. Hmm. I wasn't sleeping more than three hours probably for at least a year. Wow. Uh, Days, nights. If it was my night off, I was up till four in the morning. Hmm. It just was really wrecking with my schedule, my energy. So I ended up switching to days and now it's working out really well. So the days I'm at work, you know, I don't see my kids until I get home. Um, but the days I'm off, I'm fully off. Yeah. I bring them to school. I pick them up, make dinner, do homework, and I'm 100% available to them. That's, that's, that's awesome. a nice balance. Yeah. And so on the days that you do work, your husband's able to step in and take them to school and drop them off. You have kind of figured well, out. That's the blessing of COVID. Now some of the men and women who used to work nine to five or longer hours in the office with tremendous commute time yeah. are now able to work from home. So Wow. Thank God. That's a blessing. Yes, that is huge. 100%. Awesome. All right. So we have a little bit of um, backstory on who you are and you have four kids. What are their ages? My oldest is 15. So I started in New York Presbyterian when he was three months old. Wow. So that's how I could always remember how long I've been there. Sure. Uh, So he just turned 15. Then I have a 12-year-old, a nine-year-old girl, and a son who's almost five. Okay. He's my youngest. Very cool. That's a full load you got there. So that's that makes life fun. And especially if they're involved in extracurriculars and different things to to navigate, which I'm sure COVID played a part in some of that increasing yes. a little bit. But yeah, between the two schedules, that's always fun to navigate. So let's dive into kind of the the idea, the very beginning stages of the Orthodox Jewish Nurse Association coming into existence. So can you walk us through maybe just even that initial thought process or dream or meeting that happened that you were a part of uh, to really birth this this, uh, organization? So in about 2010, there was a nurse who lived in Maryland, uh, only Maryland. Her name was Rifka Pomerantz. She graduated nursing school and she just felt a little lonely in terms of talking about uh, career and nursing topics specific to the Jewish female nurse. Um, And she just felt she didn't have a platform at the time for it. So I don't even know when Facebook started, when it was, you know, invented, but I think it was prior to that time because she created a message board, like on the old fashioned websites, you know, where you would log in and, and, 
you know, send messages back and forth. And she created a little network there. Eventually that moved into a Facebook group, which now has over like 2,600 Jewish nurses and students on there, which is great. Um, So she started with that. And then she would hold some conferences every year, nursing conferences, probably two or three conferences. Someone else would help her run it. Um, But it wasn't officially under the Orthodox Jewish Nurse Association name. Okay. Uh, they became incorporated in 2017. Okay. In the spring of 2017, with another three members who founded it. However, it just kind of stopped there. They they incorporated as a non for profit, and that was that. So a couple months later, a bunch of us were wondering what happened to that quote unquote annual conference mm-hmm. uh, in the spring. And when I reached out to Rifka privately through Facebook, she said she needed help to run it. So I said, Yeah, great. You know. My parents are very well-known people around the world, so I felt I had great connections. I can get rabbis. I know doctors. I know, you know, I just know a lot of people, and I can help organize it. And little did I find out that there's not really an organization. There wasn't really anything going on. Hmm. So my commitment to join the conference and make that happen ended up, you know, getting way more involved. Sure. And I recruited two other board members. And the four of us basically started membership a couple months later. We made a brand new website. We worked with a web designer. We started committees such as a journal committee, conference committee. We started chapter events around the country and we really built it up. Um, and a lot of people told us, no, no one's going to pay for membership. No one has money. Hmm. You know, everyone's busy with their families and nurses don't make a ton of money. Uh, but we did it anyways. And this was in 2018, January 2018. And now, four years later, we have like 440 paying members, Wow! along with hundreds and hundreds of so many more who are non-paying but still benefit from our work. So very cool. That's So you, the initial goal, you know, for the, the starting of it was just to create that community of, hey, you're not alone. There are other Jewish nurses that are going through the same thing you are, that are working in these professional settings that you are. And so let's let's bring all of us together and talk about it, talk about the issues that exactly. we're facing. And so do you feel like it has accomplished that goal? Do you feel like- A hundred percent. Awesome. Our Facebook group is extremely active. So whether it's a Jewish topic, such as how do I handle working on Sabbath or how do I you know, handle getting off on the holiday or wearing a skirt, wearing pants, sure. wearing a head covering, or it's just other things, COVID things, other questions, things in the news, but it's just an amazing support group. Yeah for students, nurses, and nurse practitioners. So we 100% accomplished that goal. And at this point, we're an affiliate uh, member organization of the American Nurses Association, which is the national American nursing organization across the country. So we're one of their affiliate members. And, you know, it's really put us on the map. We've been able to work on projects with national nursing organizations and really connect and be seen as a very professional organization. Wow. And something that I really enjoyed, I mean, I enjoyed the conference just all the way around, but you offered um, accreditation hours. Oh, yes. I mean, you were completely professional in that way that if you attended and you, you know, went to all the sessions that you got your CEUs, which is so cool. So what is that process to be able to offer that? That is extremely difficult. frustrating and loads of hours of my time, my volunteer hours, all my work is volunteer. I don't get paid for this job at all, but it is well worth it at the end because it's a professional conference. The participants come away with the credits that everybody needs 
to renew their license and various certifications. And it gives that element of professionalism, just like a medical conference or other conferences where you get credits for it. Sure. But yes, it's a very difficult and frustrating process. Wow. So all volunteer and it's, it sounds like it's just become a ministry for you of connecting these ladies together and giving them. I always say it's my full-time job that I don't get paid. Yes. (laughs) Well, I love that our stories connect because I had the passion for, you know, uh, communities that I'm involved in as well to do that same thing of bringing it together. Cause I was that nurse that was lonely and I was walking through those doors that I just felt like who around the world is going through this with me and who is still standing firm in what they believe and what their convictions are. And um, so it's really cool to see this kind of parallel with the Jewish association as well. And you had a lawyer come in and talk to the mm-hmm. nurses about you know, if accommodations are not made for you, this is kind of, these are the steps that you take. And I thought that yeah, was yeah. really empowering. Yes. Yeah. It, so it, it's you have a lawyer every year, just to have a little bit of a legal aspect. It's important because people go through things yeah. and they need to know that there is an avenue to address it or the appropriate way to address it or to not, right? you know, things not to do. Right. So it's important. That's so true. So in, in your hospital setting, you, you mentioned you're a charge nurse, you're in leadership positions. Do you hire, well, I guess charge nurse, maybe you don't hire, but do you work with other Jewish nurses that hold the same standards that you do? So I work in a very, very large unit. We're a 58 bed unit. Okay. Um, we have about 170 or so nurses just on my unit. So it's huge. So we actually have uh, five Jewish female nurses on my floor. Awesome. Um, But I think every floor in my pediatric hospital has Jewish nurses. Very cool. That's so Mm -hmm. inspiring to hear. So what is the growth process for the Jewish Nurse Association? What what are you aiming to get to with it? Um, I'm sure you've got new things in the works all the time and maybe different branches breaking off to where it's PAs and you have different groups that are kind of organizing their own. Is that something that you will help spearhead as well? So not PAs. There is a different organization for that. They're a small nonprofit. They're not very active. They actually are hosting a conference in the spring, their first event. Um, If anything, we would grow our APRN branch, our nurse practitioner branch. Right now we have a small committee and they're working on small projects. Uh, The goal is to get more invested members in taking on projects and running with it. And the board is 100% in support of, you know, whoever wants to help grow the organization and help it flourish. Yeah. And and we've come we've come so far. We've really we've created so many projects and events. Even during COVID when we had to be flexible without having in-person events. We did a lot virtual. It was very meaningful. Yeah. We did a lot of volunteering. We gave free masks to a thousand nurses and and actually healthcare providers. We had people from the morgue, we had dentists, we had podiatrists. Wow. We gave mask packages to a thousand people. We gave pulse oximeters to 400 community, 450 community members in New York and New Jersey for free. Wow. So there was a tremendous amount that we had to pivot during COVID yeah. to be active and make it relevant to everyone. But I think we did a great job and everyone's still hanging tight with us. Yeah. Yet happy to be in person again for in-person sure. events. Well, and what a cool community aspect that you're bringing into it, um, that you're there to serve. Like that's what, that's what nursing is, number one. But then when you get a yeah. volunteer organization together finding those avenues to serve is key. And I think a hundred percent, however, our mission really is to support our nurses. So we don't want to 
pivot fully into a community organization. We really want to focus on supporting our students and our nurses in their career. Yeah, very cool. What would you say has been, it could still continue to be, but what has been one of the the biggest challenges you have faced as um, a female in the professional setting, also being an Orthodox Jew? You know, have you come into circumstances where you've had to fight for yourself and uh, ask for accommodations or, um, yeah, seek assistance with those things? So personally, I have not. I've been there, you know, almost 15 years and I was uh, completely upfront from the beginning that I won't be able to work on the Sabbath. Sure. However, I'm happy to work uh, every legal holiday since I don't really celebrate them. Um, if Christmas, New Year's doesn't fall out on the weekends, I'm totally there. I'm there Halloween. I'm there, you know, yeah. Easter, usually not because I have my holiday then and I usually take vacation then. But all the other holidays, I'm happy to work, even if it's quote unquote, not my turn. Um, so I'm happy to help in that way. And I've always been a team player. People need switches. I'm very flexible. Very cool. And so you mentioned that you prefer wearing a scrub skirt as well. And I think in your initial email to me, you said you wear sea saucy scrubs and love them, which is so cool for me to hear. Um, yes. So how has that kind of impacted your journey and what did you do prior to sea saucy skirts? So prior to C-Swassi, I wore the hospital skirts, but they're just a little bit more stiff. And I used to spend like $50 tailoring them. (laughs) It would come with like that tight waist with the elastic and then it would balloon out like a clown. (laughs) And then it was like down to my ankles. So I would spend like $50 fixing it up and taking the elastic. And then I don't know how I came across your products, but I ordered one. I think it was too small. So then I went up a size and it's just very comfortable more it gives it has that give that flexibility so I don't have to like be stiff you know I like to be comfortable the pockets are great the length is perfect for me I'm short so the short length works for me awesome and um you know you have navy I have to wear navy bottoms so yeah it's great very comfortable I I know you know people will look at me as different but I've been in the hospital for so many years there that people know me and know what I have to offer. And I'm a very engaged employee. So I don't think that's a factor anymore in how people view me. However, when I was on night shift, there was another coworker of mine who also wore glasses. I'm wearing lenses right now. You know, we both wore glasses and we both wore skirts. So I was on nights for how many years and people would just call me her name because they would just look at the skirt and that was that. And I'd be like, no, I'm Chevy. Yeah. You know? So that was a bit frustrating. Like just because we're both wearing skirts doesn't mean we're the same person. And just like, I don't confuse my other 140 coworkers, you know, they all wear the same thing too. They all wear pants and I, you know, I don't usually get them mixed up. So that, that's a little frustrating. I do have other Jewish coworkers who wear pants. So there's, there's always a spectrum in every religion. Everyone does what works for them. That's right. And that's great. You know, for example, my my OB clinicals now, we have to change into scrubs there because it's the OB floor on the C-section. So, you know, I spoke to my rabbi and got approval to wear pants when I'm there. So I wear scrub pants because that's a requirement. Sure. Uh, You know, but as soon as I leave the unit, I change. Yeah. Yeah. And they know who you are, like you said. They they know what you stand for. So that is... So I don't feel that impacts me. Um, And luckily, I was up front from the beginning and every unit I worked on, you know, I gave the same story that I can't work on the Sabbath, but I'm happy to help. For example, when I worked night shifts um, years ago, I would work Saturday night in the winter because Sabbath ended early. So I was able to come in. And then as sunset gets later, you know, I wasn't able to do that. 
but I'm happy to pitch in and be a team player and yeah. and help out when I can. Yeah, that's seems like you've gone about it the best way possible. Like I do require a little assistance and accommodation in other areas, but I will do my best to be a team player and pick up shifts and switch when people need. And I think that's absolutely the best approach going into something like that. Well, we just saw an article. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Um, It said a nurse was paid $75,000 in a settlement because a company did not make her an accommodation to wear her skirt and they ended up terminating her job. So it's been spread all around that she won the lawsuit And so it's just, it's reassuring to me that even though it's not visible everywhere, you know, nine times out of 10 people have probably not seen a scrub skirt. It doesn't mean there's not a community of ladies that desire to wear that. And Oh yeah, I have, I had Filipino coworkers, uh, two Filipino coworkers and two black nurses. I don't know what religion they are. Yeah. Wore skirts. So I was not alone in that sense. Yeah. And when I obviously not Jewish, but they wore skirts. And when I came to New York, um, we met Caribbean medical professionals, so many different sections of just nationalities and cultures that for whatever reason, they just want to look different and want to wear something different. And so why, why wouldn't we have that opportunity available to us? Right. You know, I'm waiting. And I don't think my coworkers thought differently of them. Yeah. At all. Right. I think, I think we were all equally respected. Yeah. You know, if you have a good work ethic, you're honest, you're attentive to your patients. It doesn't really matter what you look like. Nope. I mean, you just have to look professional, Yeah. you know, neat and organized, but it doesn't really matter. That's so true. I love it. Well, we are so excited about your organization and are thankful to be partnered up with you in multiple ways with CSAUCI and want to continue to grow that, um, connection and maybe attend some more conferences and see how we can, uh, you know, hook things up together in the future. But we kind of end this podcast with one question and it's just the first answer that comes to your mind. And I want to ask it to you. And that is what is saving your life right now? Interesting question. (laughs) Is this related to COVID craziness? (laughs) It could be anything. (laughs) Um, ooh, it's a tough one. I would say music helps me okay. stay grounded when I'm stressed. I, I am musical. I don't know if you see, there's a piano behind me. Okay. Uh, I started lessons a few months ago and it's, it's a good outlet. That's a, finding that outlet to relieve stress and. It doesn't mean I'm listening to music every single day, but, and I don't, I don't know that music is saving me. Uh, but in this season and what, whatever you're going through, it's. Yeah, it's helping you tremendously. I think that's awesome. Yeah. The majority of our answers are either coffee from past guests. They say, I don't drink coffee. You don't drink coffee. They'll never send me to Starbucks because I don't know what to get. get. So what is your, what is your go-to? Like water. Water. Mm -hmm. Coming from the medical professional, that's what's healthiest. (laughs) Yep. Even all those night shifts, no coffee. Okay. I'm actually not a coffee drinker myself. Um, Oh. I just got into like chai lattes which is like a spicy tea almost. Um, Mm -hmm. So I do enjoy that, but I'm a water with lemon girl myself. Mm. Yep. No lemon for me, just water. Just straight water. Well, I love that music can be an outlet for you. And um, through the COVID craziness, which hasn't slowed down and you've worked in it for two plus years now, I'm so glad you have found that outlet and can relieve your stress somehow. 
Well, thanks again for being on our podcast and sharing the wisdom and the connection with the Orthodox Jewish Nurse Association. We want to tag um, those pages when this episode goes live and maybe shed some light, give some education on it and kind of join the communities together. But Chevy, thanks again. And we look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you so much. Have a great day.